You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we have a very exciting episode as we are joined by Ashley May. Ashley grew up in the suburbs of Chicago where she dreamed of being an actress and dancer, but this girl didn't just dream it, she achieved it. Ashley was an actress at the American Girl Theater, performing in the shows The American Girls Review, Circle of Friends, and The American Girls Holiday Celebration, with roles including Felicity, Nellie, and Kirsten. Ashley currently lives in Chicago, where she works in fundraising and has continued to teach many forms of dance. Today, Ashley has a love of yoga, painting, traveling, and supporting the arts. She also started ice skating lessons in recent years. This gal does it all, and we can't wait to hear more. Ashley, welcome to AGW. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you, Ashley. And I think that Lindsay and I have been like on the edge of our seats getting ready to record this episode because we have just so many questions to ask you. You have truly lived the dream here. And (laughs) I was trying to think about what I wanted to ask you before we recorded and I wrote a list of like 20 questions that were all very like granular like I want to know every single detail about everything in your experience with American Girl Theater but I think a really good place to start could you describe the American Girl place in Chicago with its theater and just paint a picture for us all before we go into it further Yeah, absolutely. So the theater used to be housed in the old American Girl Place, which was um, now it's housed in Water Tower Place, which is on Michigan Avenue. And it actually was right around the corner from there on Chicago Avenue for many, many years. And the basement level was basically entirely devoted to the theater. So um, it was a a smaller theater, but I want to say like maybe 200, 250 seats, but it was a professional theater production where, you know, in addition to going to the cafe and shopping, you could go see a show. And I mean, it was really cool. And I think what was really made clear to us time and time again was this was a show that we had performed so many times, but for everyone coming to see the show, that was the first time they would see not only this show, but for a lot of those kids, it was the first time seeing a show at all of any kind. So it was a big responsibility to like give them the best sort of experience that we could. So I think we all, especially when we'd be reminded of that, we'd, we would take it really seriously. And at the same time, it was a lot of fun. So in total, the, the theater was there for 10 years. And it, I think it was something to do with the Mattel takeover, potentially. I'm, I'm not entirely sure why they ended up closing it, but it was right around the time the entire store moved to Water Tower Place that they closed the theater. And we really didn't get much notice. But over those 10 years, there were three different shows primarily that they had. 
they had the American Girls Review, which was the original. And the premise of the show was that we were sort of this club of American girls who all loved American Girl and each had a favorite. And we had a new club member who we were introducing to these characters. She didn't know about American Girl. And so we would each act out a scene from our favorite character. And so that was the American Girls Review. And then after a few years of the American Girls Review, they came out with Circle of Friends and American Girls Musical, which was basically a sequel to the review. But at the same time, you didn't have to necessarily have seen the American Girls Review for it to make sense. So in Circle of Friends, the premise is that Laura, who had been the new girl in the American Girls Review, she it was her birthday. And we were throwing this surprise birthday party for her and making a friendship quilt but she didn't realize the quilt was for her and that this was going to be for her birthday. And it was very much around the theme of friendship. And rather than just um, sort of random stories from each doll, that it was the the characters' stories that really related to friendship the most. And uh-huh. there was sort of a contemporary storyline where there was like a, a, a little bit of an argument at one point um, because the main club leader felt like she was being left out because another girl was being better friends with Laura. And like, they had this whole number, the care and keeping of friends where they talked out their problems and saying through all the different steps of that. And um, then we, we ended the show with the big sort of birthday celebration for Laura. She didn't know anyone knew. And um, so that was circle of friends and they ran circle of friends for a few years. And then I think they just felt like it was time for a change again. So they brought back the American girls review for the main remainder of the run. And it was interesting too, because a lot of us who joined the show, we would just stay in it for such a long time because it was <laughs> it was fun and it was a really great gig like it was I mean, we got paid pretty well you know as far as you know kids jobs go so like it was yeah. it was really great experience we all had fun we loved it and so people would kind of stay in it longer and longer and I I think it kind of was one of those things where a lot of the girls in the show by the time they were transitioning back to the American Girls Review were just starting to look a lot older because um, yeah. we were playing 10-year-olds. And uh, I mean, I was always super short and just genuinely looked really young for my age. <laughs> but a lot of the other girls who were younger than me, they they just got so tall. And so I think that was kind of a turning point where they also kind of hit reset and like <laughs> we all had to re-audition and like re-get in and like, it was, are you going to make it or not? What part are you going to get? You know, it was like kind of a whole thing yeah. to do. How old were you when you were in it? Yeah, so I actually learned about the show through some girls at my dance studio because they were in it and they had joined when they were a bit younger. But then by the time we were friends with them and heard about this, um, my sister and I had gone to, they have an open call audition and it was like every year, I think over the course of a couple days, they would just have like hundreds of girls lined up through the store and like you'd go in you'd sing eight bars of a song and you know then you get a call back or you don't and it was you know just a very sort of quick process um and my sister and I were not singers we were dancers and um so we went in and auditioned and my sister did a decent enough job even though she wasn't you know trained in voice lessons and so she got in and I was like devastated because I loved American Girl and um I I think I was about 11 when that happened and I um was so upset and I I knew that like part of it was just I get too nervous and then part of it too was like I know I don't I haven't been trained to sing so I started taking voice lessons and I I kept auditioning and so when I was 
when I was 13, I was technically, I think, too old to audition. They had like the age limit that they had posted as, you know, who they're targeting. And I was technically too old, but that's when I got in largely just because I looked so young. <laughs> and so <laughs> I stayed in the show until I was 18, wow. um, which was when the theater closed. And I mean, for me, the timing kind of in a way worked out because I would have been going off to college anyway. Right. Um, but that said, I still was sad the theater wouldn't be there because a lot of girls, when they became sort of alumni of the theater, they'd come back and see everyone and watch the show now and then. And it's not sort of have that community to come back to physically was kind of tough. Um, right. And, and the adults in the show, too, they were in it for years and years. And for them, it was like their full time job. So um, it was yeah. pretty sad for them when it ended. And we all were really close with them, too. Um, but on the whole, it was just it was such an amazing experience. And I knew then how lucky I was to be a part of it. But especially looking back now, like it's it, it truly has shaped so much of who I am and what my childhood was. And I couldn't be more grateful for that. Oh, right. I mean, you're really painting a magical picture of what it was like. So I think that it just sounds like such a special experience. In terms of like your time commitment as a kid doing this, like was this like a weekend thing or was it like only during certain times of year? How did you manage to do this? Yeah. So it was a lot. Um, so that said, there are child labor laws in place <clears throat> to ensure kids mm-hmm. don't get worked too hard. And so the way that they did the casting, the original show had three casts, I believe, each. In, in, and there was, you know, sort of eight girls in the show at once. And so they would sort of rotate. And it was really cool the way they did it because you wouldn't necessarily perform at the cast you opened with. It would, they'd mix and match people. And we would oh. submit a conflict calendar every month. Um, and, you know, only like major conflicts, like, oh, I'm going to a wedding or, you know, whatever. But they would sort of match us up based on who had sort of good chemistry on stage. And um, like, for example, the character Becky, who played Molly, she had a little sister named Michelle. And so whenever they were matching us up too, they kind of wanted Becky and Michelle to kind of look like they realistically could be sisters, which which for me, because I did play Becky in the American Girls Review, Michelle, um, every time they would cast Michelle, it's like she would outgrow me so quick because I was so short. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so we, it was fun though, because you got to kind of like see different interpretations of the characters and different choices people made and like, you know, different friends that, you know, sometimes you hadn't seen in a while. And that was really, really fun. But yeah, so we, we performed like maybe probably two days a week. Um, and it kind of varied which days. I think the theater was dark on Monday, meaning we didn't have shows. Um, but they would usually on weeknights have one or two shows. And then on the weekends, there would be a total of four. So they'd bring one cast wow. in for the first two and then another cast for the second two. Um, and then actually, so once I turned 16, though, child labor laws no longer applied. And because I loved it and wanted to perform more, they they had me doing up to four shows a day. And um, it was funny because I I played Kirsten a lot. And, and when they revamped the American Girls Review, they added um, Kit and Kaya into the mm. storyline, but sort of shortened a little bit of each scene to make room for those new scenes. And right. they didn't want to add more girls on stage. So they, some people just played two characters throughout the show. Uh, um, it's like, I'm, I'm this girl named Katie and I love Kirsten, but I also love Kit. So I'm going to act out both of their scenes. So I was, I was playing Kirsten and Kit a lot. And um, 
it, it just was really tough on my voice, honestly, to do four shows a day. So they started actually having me play Molly a lot more at that point. And, and Molly was much more, like she sang a lot too, but it was a lot more dance focused. She did the tap dance at the end of the show. Oh, right. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So in the summers, especially they had, you know, cause kids are on vacation from school. So they would have a lot more tourists coming through a lot more shows to perform. So we had a lot right. then. There also was um, the American Girls Holiday Celebration, which was our sort of holiday show that ran through, I think it was like November and December. And that was sort of like a, a special show where they really only had two casts at a time. And it was a separate audition for anyone who was in sort of the main cast of the, whatever show they were doing at the time, whether it was Circle of Friends or the American Girls Review like of those girls, you could have the the chance to audition for the holiday celebration. So when I was in the holiday celebration, um, you know, we were sometimes still performing the American Girls Review at the same time, but um, it you were probably performing the review less because you were on the schedule more for the holiday show. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was wow. um, really interesting too, to kind of change it up. The holiday show had like a lot of lot of harmonies, a lot of singing, and, you know, just a lot of material to cover. And it wasn't necessarily as tied to the dolls and the, the, the characters of the books. It was somewhat inspired by that a little bit. But the premise of the holiday show was that we were this group of friends who were about to go caroling together. And we were meeting up at this girl Amy's house. And Amy was like all bummed out because her brother who was getting picked up from college was stuck at the airport. And so we were cheering her up by like helping her decorate and we were practicing our carols while we decorate. So we had songs like we did a Las Posadas song for Josefina. So they, they talked about Josefina a little bit, how like this would have been something Josefina would do. Or, you know, we, we did a St. Lucia song and Kirsten was mentioned for I'll Be Home for Christmas. We mentioned how Molly would have really loved that song during her time because it was all about how they wished their family members were close by, but they were overseas in the war. So, right. I mean, it had some ties to Marin Girl, but like there also were some other scenes that were completely unrelated to that and just fun holiday songs. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, were these shows like full length or were they on the shorter side, like an hour? Or... Yeah, they that that was what we shoot would shoot for was an hour. Um, okay. If we ran overtime, like they definitely afterwards would be like, guys, you got to like speed up your lines a little bit next time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, it was mainly it was an hour, no intermission, because um, you know a lot of these kids who were coming were really young, like as young yeah. as you know, five six years old sometimes. Right. And um, so you, you know they they we needed to keep them engaged that whole time um but I mean they were really professional about it they had a pit orchestra a small one it, there was I think four musicians total and there was a the keyboard player who also usually was the music director who taught us our our singing parts for the show and then there was a woodwind person who would play various instruments throughout the show there was a string player and and I think there might have been one more I I think it it might have changed three versus four musicians in one show versus the other. But, but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really professionally done. That's so cool. This is so, so interesting. So it seems like you played several roles throughout your years there. What were some of your favorite parts to play? Oh gosh, that's so hard. Um, so I first started by playing Felicity 
And I, that was one of the beautiful things about the show too, because I'm, I'm blonde. And so, you know, everyone assumed I would be playing Kirsten, um, which I eventually did. But the whole premise of the show is that you are this group of girls who just love American girls. So you don't have to, yeah. to look like the character you love. And I, I think that really actually sort of plays in really well to just a, a big message of the brand that continues through to today is that you can be friends and like people who are different than you. You can sure. aspire to be like people who don't look like you. And so that was kind of neat. So I so I played Felicity first. And I remember when I got in, people kept asking me like, oh, do you have to wear a wig? And I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't have to wear, I had to wear curlers in my hair to school because we had these, we had to get like these little like ringlet curls, like from the time period. So I would go to school with curlers in my hair and we would, we would have to leave early from school on the days that we had shows. And there was quite a big group of us who were lived out in the suburbs. So we would carpool together and the parents would kind of trade off who did the driving each time. And so we would do that. And I loved playing Felicity. She had a really sweet song with Elizabeth. And um, what was kind of neat too, is when the Elizabeth doll came out and they had the big unveiling sort of celebration, we, we did the Felicity scene and I got to be Felicity in that. So that was kind of fun. I also, when I played Felicity, played Nellie in the Samantha scene. That was kind of like, you know, again, kind of like how you could be Kirsten and Kit because you're right. just a girl who likes right. a girl. Same, same thing there. And I, it was funny because my sister also played Felicity and then she played Samantha um, right around the time I got in the show. She got her sort of second role. And then shortly after that, I got my second role getting cast as Samantha also. And it was funny. I remember there was one show where she and I were both on together that night. And I just, I was really tired and like, just, I guess not paying attention. You, you start going on autopilot a little bit when you do this yeah. show so much. That's a big challenge. We would have to figure out how to like stay in the moment and keep it fresh. Yep. Um, but I remember I was, we would have all these different set pieces we would move to sort of make these sort of imaginary sets for each scene. Like in the American Girls Review, they were like these red chairs we moved around the stage and put in different formations. And then in Circle of Friends, it was like these sort of circular blocks that we moved around. Um, and so I started moving one of those at one point to set up for a scene. My sister comes over to me and just, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you're playing Samantha today. Like you need to go change in your Samantha costume. And <laughs> I was like, oh shoot. Cause, cause it was funny. Cause some shows she would be Samantha and I would be Nellie or vice versa. <laughs> That's and so like, funny. You know? Yeah. So wow. that was, that was really funny, but yeah, so it was just an hour long and we did circle of friends. Then for the American girls review, when we all had to audition again, I ended up first getting cast as Kirsten and Kit, which I loved. I, I loved both of their songs so much in the show and um that character was really a great one to play um yeah. but it was funny because everyone knew me as the dancer so they were convinced I was going to get cast as Molly because she does the tap dance and that's you know what my sister got cast as and yeah you know if, if it all had followed the same sort of progression that would make sense so it was kind of a surprise when I got to play Kirsten and Kit but then I did also eventually end up playing Molly and then when I when I turned 16 I also became the dance captain. So each year they had the eight 
girls on stage at a time, but these rotating casts. And, you know, people would eventually leave. Um, I remember at one point we lost a lot of Addies because the color purple was playing in Chicago. And there was like a young girl part in that. And a lot of the girls who played Addie, we would lose to the color purple. Um, oh, wow. or, yeah. And then, um, you know, just people outgrow it or they want to get involved in their palm squad at school or, you know, whatever right. the case may be. So, so we were losing characters. So sometimes when they would cast each year, they would look at like, how many of each character we, do we currently have? Like, are we short on Felicities? Maybe we'll double cast Felicity, you know, that kind of thing. So every, every year there was the audition where they'd bring in the new cast and we had like, our opening cast was always like named after something. So in the American Girls Review, we had um, I think originally the first review, they were named after colors, but um, the later one, we were named after flowers. So I was in the daffodil cast and for Circle of Friends, they were gemstones. So I was in the diamond cast, but each year when there was a new cast, they needed to be trained and learn the whole show in just a few weeks before they started right. performing. And, you know, it, the, the staff was really busy too. Like a lot of the, um, you know, people involved artistically were also involved in other productions. And so when I became dance captain, it, it kind of was a win-win because they just kind of had me at all of the rehearsals, like all the time, like, you know, it'd be every, almost every day going to rehearsals. Um, and I'd teach the new cast, their blocking and their dances. And we had, um, for the American Girls Review, there was like uh, the tap dance at the end, there was a couple tap solos. So they had me, you know, choreograph those and teach them to the new kids. And um, so I, I personally was working a lot. But, wow. but I loved it too. So it was yeah. great. I think there were some girls who were homeschooled, which made it easier on them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, performing was like their thing, like that they were true professional, like this is what I'm doing with my life. And I remember one girl even lived in Indiana and it was like a three hour drive for her every time she came in to do the show. Whoa. Like, that's true commitment. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. No way you? my mom would have just refused to drive <laughs> something like that. Oh my God. Right? Now, Ashley, yeah. were you wearing like the historic girl size clothing for costumes or were they no, like custom costumes? <laughs> what, did, what were you all no, wearing? Okay, so actually right now I'm wearing the sweatshirt that I would wear when I played Becky in the show. And Becky was the one who really liked Molly. And so we we basically were just dressed like normal kids. They kind of like thought about each character. So like Becky was definitely very like well off. So she had all the American Girl gear. Like I think there was an American Girl backpack. Like she had the American <laughs> Girl, you know, like uh, like contemporary sort of clothes. Um, whereas other characters just had, you know, random, like whatever from Target. And we would add these pieces to our costumes a lot of times. So like when I played Kirsten, I remember ha I had this cute shirt for my contemporary outfit that had kind of these little puffed sleeves and it was light blue. And I had these um, like capri pants with like a seersucker, like blue and white underneath. And then I, I would put an apron over that. And it was like, and then put the flower crown on and it was like, oh, now I'm Kirsten, you know, because yeah. it's like playing in the backyard kind of feeling, you know, how do I make it like I'm pretending to be this character? Yeah. Um, and then for Circle of Friends, because it was a surprise birthday party, slumber party, we were all wearing these pajamas, which frankly were not like contemporary pajamas anyone would actually wear. They were kind of, they were, they were very costumey in a way, like, like for Samantha, I had like, like this shirt that was like light pink and it had the puffy sleeves and like some lace and like these long pink pants with it and when I was Felicity I had kind of a version of that in blue but it was shorts and it had like all this lace like definitely not 
things people probably would have worn, but again, we would like sort of <laughs> add these casting pieces over it. Like, oh, yeah. now I have my, for Felicity, we'd put on these skirts backstage um, over that pajama top situation. Um, the girl who played Felicity and Elizabeth did. And um, it was so funny too, because we had like these, they call them bum rolls, or I, that's at least what we call them. You put the bum roll on under the skirt. And like, I just have these memories of like kids, you know, just being goofy backstage. Like they'd turn the bum roll around and like run into the wall, just like bounce off the wall. Cause like the bum roll was. Oh my God. And, like, what were those used for? Like, I, I think it was just to like highlight that at the time, like for that time period, this is what women wear, like, you know, cause it, it was like that different silhouette they had oh, or, okay. yeah. or something, you know, well, like, like the, the small waist and the big hips kind of look like that was the fact. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like Lindsay, remember in the Marie Antoinette movie where she has that like thing that looks like a fanny pack that is in the back yeah that's that's yes. like, that's exactly yeah. <laughs> what uh, what I'm picturing <laughs> yeah so we would have pieces like that but you could still see sort of the pajamas or contemporary clothes like underneath yeah it. so it, it was, was like imagining and pretending yeah like that's exactly what I was gonna say was like so instead of being almost like a actual play about like different scenes from the books it was very much like the audience was supposed to feel like they were part of the slumber party like watching you reenact these scenes so yeah okay got it got it that's a very cute premise yeah we would we didn't break the fourth wall like that's a term in theater where like you're speaking directly to the audience Mm -hmm. we didn't really do that much it was it was supposed to be just that we were in this world and and the audience was someone who was sort of witnessing it yeah um except at the end of the show that was when you know we would sing our last song everyone would clap we'd take our bows and then we would break the fourth wall and we'd say please stand and join us in singing our american girls anthem you'll find the words on the back of your program and you know the (laughs) the song they they would stand up and all everyone would sing with us for that last version so that was kind of the the only time we really pulled the audience in um you know in that sort of personal way yeah Um, yeah God, oh, you Lindsay, remember? we have to find out what it is. Like, I, I'm i like, I need to learn this today. Right? I, Oh, I could do the whole thing in my sleep. Like, I could sing the harmonies that <laughs> I didn't even play. Um, but, but yeah, like, there, I think there are, like, probably some, like, bootleg recording of the, this. so they had a CD you could buy in the store um, of the, the show, and it, it, they kind of truncated some of the dialogue a little bit, but it has all the songs, and um, so you could buy that. And I, I, I definitely have found it on YouTube and like listened to it. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I remember this so well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've, I've looked on like Apple music and stuff and like, it's not on there. So I, I don't know. Wow. It's, I think it's sort of like unofficial that, you know, they don't really sell it anymore. So we had like an official script and stuff, but I also found on eBay. So they used to sell this in the store. It was a songbook of like like sheet music where you have the piano and the vocal parts for all the songs in the show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. Did you save everything that you received from the show? Like your scripts, any mm -hmm. costumes? And clearly well, so you have your sweatshirt. Yeah. Well, we, well, so this actually found um, secondhand. I'm like, that's the one I had. It's not technically really? the one. I used, but I was like, <laughs> yes, because it's, that was 
kind of what I wore on the show. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. So I have, we, so we had these really cool, like sort of letterman jackets, like varsity jacket type things, which looked very similar to the ones they had in the catalog, but you could either buy, and it was only available to like to the girls who were in the production. You could buy a fully black one with like the logo on it and on the back and your name embroidered on the front. Or you could get the sort of jean jacket version of it that had like tan sleeves and same thing, logo on the back, your name on the front. So I had oh. one each of those for the review and for Circle of Friends. Um, and then I think they let us keep, I want to say it was the shirt, but not the overalls. I, maybe I got that backwards. I think it was the shirt, not the overalls from our um, our like uh finale outfit for the American Girls review. It, it was like these overalls that were just white with like a star on it. And then it was like a long sleeve shirt under it that said American Girl Place. And they sold that costume like in the lobby of the theater. Um, it wasn't in the catalog. It was like, oh, you could only get it if you came to the store. Like, wow. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And like, so Molly's finale outfit though, was the Victory Sisters. Here's what that looked like. It was like a white dress, um, kind of Shirley Temple inspired almost with like these frilly sleeves and like the, these accents of red and blue and a big red star on the front. And we, I, I have it somewhere, but I, I couldn't find it for, there were like red tap shoes and like a headband with stars on it, which I always thought the headband looked kind of goofy. (laughs) Um, but anyway you could not buy that so like it was only like the outfit that the other characters wore at the finale that you could buy for yourself in the store like we weren't given that but I do have those overalls because you know they were they were made on some level mass produced right Um, and then same thing for circle of friends um I think we just got to keep the shirt but it was this cute shirt for the finale that was pink with purple sleeves and they had um, little stars on the front of it and sort of white capris with a little star on them. And girls could get that for themselves and their doll in the lobby as well after the show. Cute. But not get the, um, the Molly finale outfit though, which was the jitterbug outfit because that was, you know, more complex. It was like this sort of 40s wow. um dress with a little collar and a headband and saddle shoes and it was a really cute jazzy little number um but but yeah so so we got to keep those um I think we had we had like souvenir programs and things um I definitely have like my scripts and like but the thing is they're all in storage like and my parents my parents lived in the suburbs and then moved to the city and like they the storage unit is still in the suburbs and I just, I haven't been out there. So I know it's there. I just need to like unearth all of it, but I have, yeah. you know, picked some things up along the way um, outside of that. So, yeah. Oh, wow. What a, what a just unique and enviable experience. Like I think <laughs> that all of us like in the American girl, the AGIG community, I should say, you know, have, sort of like been wondering what it what like different aspects of participating in the American Girl phenomenon look like from like working at the store to like being part of the play to like you know anything in between so this is just like super interesting to hear like you have such a unique perspective yeah well thank you I I mean I I loved it and I again like it it was technically a job but like it didn't feel yeah. like I I loved it and for me especially being older it was almost like an excuse to stay engaged with American Girl longer than right. I was technically 
quote unquote supposed to, um, yeah. you know, and because it was a job, it was like, you know, people were like, oh, that's cool. Cause you're, you're a professional like performer, you know, it was, right. people would talk about it that way. But for me, I genuinely loved these stories and loved American girl. And like, I think just everything you deal with as a teen growing up and it's like such a tough time of your life, like preparing for college and just all that. Like it was, right. it was the one thing I really had where I could step away and be like, I am just going to be here, be present in this moment, be a child, you know, like just really immerse myself. And like, you know, that was such a beautiful gift to have that, especially in that point in my life. And I think it really instilled a lot of confidence and made me feel that, you know, I was important and valued. And we would sign autographs for these little girls after the show and like just seeing the way they look up to you, like, you know, not, not having that. I think I, I probably wouldn't have sort of had this like really healthy sense of self-worth um, the way right. that I, I did. So, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Now, Ashley, what was the vibe like backstage? <laughs> <laughs> it was Were fun. You? It was really fun. Yeah. We were, we were pretty goofy. I mean, we became such good friends. It was like a really totally. big, yeah. And like, you know, there were different personalities um, of different girls, but I mean, I think in performing arts, especially you have a lot of sort of like really funny outgoing people and, yep. um, you know, we, we just had a lot of good times and, you know, we would spend so much time together. Um, and like the adult actors too, they were just, they were so, I look back and I'm like, I looked up to them so much and they just really put up with us so well. Like they would, you know, <laughs> be in their green room with us. They easily could have stayed in their dressing room, but they, they came into the green room with us and were, you know, chatting and it, it just was such a nice community. We had, um, like a, a newsletter that came out every month that the theater staff put together and it would always like highlight the birthdays of people in the show and like, you know, just different things they had going on in their lives. And there would be yeah. like an advice column, like the woman and man who played Aunt Cornelia and Uncle Guard, they had like a special advice column where we could send them questions and they'd answer it. And oh my God. Um, it was great. Yeah. We, we had details too at the the New York store and the LA store after the Chicago store had they also opened theaters. So once they had cast there, we were like paired with pen pals in the other theaters and could like write back and forth and get to know them. And that was oh really Oh my goodness. Neat. That's yeah. so interesting. I love how like community driven that is. That's really special. Did you save these newsletters in oh, your yeah, storage unit? Sure. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're all there. I remember one time I made like a very elaborate scrapbook. I don't even think I finished it because I just didn't have time, but like I, I remember like drawing the stage and like having just all the, I, I was so into like commemorating it. And like, especially yeah. once I knew it was closing, I was like, I want to make this special, but I don't think I actually uh, finished the scrapbook, but I know there were a lot of things that were going into that scrapbook. Definitely. Oh, that's so wonderful. Do you stay yeah. in touch with a lot of the other performers? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, so it's interesting. It's kind of um, one of those things where like, so first of all, I was older than a lot of them when I was in the show. Yeah. So yeah, we had a bit of an age gap. And as soon as it ended, I went off to college. So I was kind of in this different world that none of them else were in yet. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there were older girls who also were my age, but had ended the show earlier. Um, and so you know, I, I feel like the transition out of American Girl, I, I maybe didn't stay quite as close and in touch as frequently as I probably had hoped. 
Um, but that said, you know, we, we have like a, I, I don't think we use it a whole lot anymore, but we had like a special Facebook group for, you know, the performers, like I think we, it was like our AG family and it had like the, the stagehands and, um, child supervisors and just everyone it yeah. worked with. And I did actually, when I graduated from college, I planned a reunion, which I feel like everyone looked to me to do it. Cause I, I very much was like the organized one who would do, and I, you know, got everyone's contact information and it, it was a heck of a lot of work. Like it, <laughs> so we, oftentimes when we had openings or some sort of big event for American Girl, we would go out for dinner as a cast afterwards. And a lot of times we would go to Buca de Beppo, which is this Italian restaurant. And so I, I planned it there. And I just remember like just trying to get in touch with everyone, trying to like collect the payments ahead of time. And then like the contract, like they had talked with me about, like it was supposed to include gratuity, but then it didn't in the end. And I was like this, you know, broke right out of college person who was like, what do I do? And so I think a couple of the moms like helped split the remainder with me, but like, it was a lot to put together. Um, But it also was just so much fun. And like, there were people kind of from all generations of the show that came to it. Like a lot of the ones who were there and a lot of the original ones too. Um, actually, and there's, there was one performer, she had been in the show originally as a kid. And then, you know, 10 years later was one of the adults in the show for the oh adult care. Oh. That was really wow. neat. And then there, were, there were some people who were child performers in the show. And then, you know, when they grew up, they were, um, they were working backstage either in the costumes or whatever area. And yeah. like, you know, that was really cool too. Um, so there was like kind of a bit of crossover between the generations where we kind of, you know, knew people outside of the time that we necessarily performed with them. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I think it's a very supportive group still. We're all friends on social media and everyone is in just all walks of life. Like, you know, one of them became a lawyer and one, it's just, there's people aren't necessarily performing they're they're in all these really meaningful influential careers and they're starting to have kids of their own which I think has sort of spurred a lot of you know reconnecting as well because now they're thinking about getting their own kids American Girl dolls and right um, I think it's it's fun to to connect um, you know even if it's not necessarily that we're seeing each other all the time the way we did at that phase of our life but yeah we, we have stayed in touch and I you know I remember when I was in my performing days I like I would go to auditions and without a doubt I would see someone from American Girl there. (laughs) Oh, wow. So American Girl was setting people up for success regardless of whether or not they decided to be performers or go into different careers. I love that. It was very much focused on like training us as performers, but I think just, you know, the, the skills you build just separate from that as a byproduct of, of this sort of process, you know, you have to be detail-oriented and organized and take direction well and study your your stuff. You gotta, you gotta know those characters. So yeah. like, I, I think it just, it leads itself to um, just really great life skills too. Yeah. Knowing how to interact with people. Yeah. It just all around was great. Well, especially Definitely. like for kids, like Mm-hmm. That's a high level of response responsibility, I think, for uh, a kid to take on. So it's very impressive for sure. But I mean, I can definitely see like why it would be so enjoyable too, because like as a kid, you sort of like 
like I think the idea of like having like a job almost whereas like you know now that we all like work as adults we're like uh work. <laughs> but yeah like no, I, I, you're like I get I, paid to do something That's yeah like as a right. kid it's like a novelty sort right. of to get that so I think it's yeah. it's awesome Absolutely. Absolutely. You're performing in the theater, but were there other opportunities for you to perform elsewhere? Yeah. So there were like a number of sort of like outside marketing events and things they would have. So I did the Elizabeth unveiling. My sister and I both performed in the Thanksgiving Day Parade in Chicago. At the time, it was called the McDonald's Thanksgiving Parade. It's gone through a number of different namings over the years. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we performed our Victory Sisters tap dance from the show on on TV for the parade. Um, we also were in the Chicago Lights Festival Parade. Um, every year they would have some performers go to the White House to perform for the president's Easter what? egg hunt. Whoa, yeah, oh my they, goodness, they had, that's huge. Yeah, they had, yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to go on that trip, but it, I know for those who went, it was really, really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, they would also have like American Girls Day at the Cubs game every year for the Chicago Cubs baseball team. And, um, you know, people would bring their dolls to the game and the American Girls. <laughs> Um, performers would like sing the national anthem and so I mean there were a number of things we had we had um, audition workshops too which I think were a great idea because then it sort of gave people a chance to like know what it would be like to actually go into the real audition and um, kind of gave us a sneak peek of who might be there that we should keep our eye out for so I helped with those so the American Girl Cafe they would have us model the the clothing Um, so you know whatever clothing they were selling in the store they would, you know, have us dress up in that outfit and have a, a doll that matched and we'd walk through the cafe and model those. And um, we had sometimes there were like VIP sort of birthday parties in the cafe. And I remember one time my sister and I, we, um, you know, just kind of we, all we had to do is just go to the birthday party and like chat with them and have fun. And, you know, like it was yeah. we did the craft with them and like it was it was, but it was, you know, special because they were like, oh, you have actresses from the American Girl Theater here, you know, so um, there were things like that. Um, we, what else? Uh, I don't even know. There, there were a lot of sort of like ad hoc things, but um, yeah, it was, it made it kind of fun when you did have something different like that. Um, it was, yeah, because it was always like you were trying to sort of switch things up and um, right. have the exciting because you're doing literally the same script over and over again multiple times a day for years on end so yeah wow that's that's like oh I'm so jealous because as a kid I would have (laughs) absolutely thrived in this environment I would have been the little kid being like wow it's so cool like in the audience or like in the American Girl Cafe being like oh my god it's act it's actors from the show like I I would (laughs) have for it I remember Um, there was a phase in my life where like any new friends I met I was I would like in my head I'd be casting them I'm like oh (laughs) she'd be such a good Felicity or she'd be like a great Eddie you know like whatever it is just if if whatever they're especially like when I was performing and you know people's voices are like good for certain songs and you know like even just as people I'm like oh my gosh she's she's a Samantha (laughs) you know like (laughs) I love that. That's funny. Let's chat a little bit about your experience with American Girl prior to you performing with the brand. Do you remember how you were first introduced to American Girl? Yeah. So I, like so many others on your podcast, remember getting that catalog in the mail. 
And again, don't know how they found us, don't know how they knew there were little girls at this residence, but like, you know, just seeing that catalog was so exciting. And I remember just flipping through it and just wanting an American Girl so bad. And I think, you know, early on, I really wanted Samantha. I like just would look at her pages constantly. Um, And I remember actually, so in second grade, we would have like free reading time. And I actually convinced my teacher that I should be allowed to read the American Girl catalog. not even the books not the magazine the catalog catalog? yeah an icon yeah like she knew I was like a a, like hard-working kid and like I think she probably thought my parents were making me read at home and so she was like whatever but yeah I knew that catalog inside out and really wanted a doll and I I think it wasn't until I was eight that um my grandma got us our first dolls and we had the hardest time picking out what doll we wanted and um I I was gonna get Samantha and then I kept going back and forth and my sister and I actually both ended up getting the just like you doll so we literally got the same doll as each other it was just one pair of blue eyes which we did not have bangs but but yeah we we were really into the and they had you know the little um I think it was the leggings with like the yellow jacket with like the blue patch and the little pink collar yeah so yeah yeah, and I remember I, I wrote the story it came with like a story you could write so I wrote the story about my doll and illustrated it really got into it yeah love Um, that did your doll have a name yeah her name was Alyssa and I didn't really know how to spell so I I just sounded it out and spelled it (laughs) A-L-I-S-A yeah that was her name (laughs) that's so sweet (laughs) oh my gosh I I got Samantha next that was we we kind of got two dolls sort of before we got into the show Uh and then once we were in the show we had an employee discount which was a real game changer and we had you know money we were making from the show and most of that money was going towards college savings but anything that was I think our rule was kind of like if you made money doing rehearsals you could use your rehearsal money because that was like a lower pay rate than the shows yeah so so we got some dolls while we were in the show um so I, so actually every holiday season, once they started like the girl of the year, especially um, it's, we, we'd get sort of this package, every employee did of, you know, just sort of like leftover merchandise that they needed to sort of phase out or, you know, they had extra. And we, I remember we got a Lindsay doll for free because I, it, that was the first girl of the year. And they, they probably just made too many because they didn't know how many to make. Cause it was a new thing. Right. And, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, we both got Lindsay. Um, and then I also ended up getting, we both got Nellie cause we played Nellie in the show. My sister got Kit as her first historic doll. Um, and I remember I, I kind of wanted to get Kit, but my parents were like, well, I mean, we already have a Kit and like, it's not like you're really playing with these much cause you're older now. Like, yeah, really need to get right. Kit doll. So, so I didn't get Kit, but I did get Kirsten. Um, cause I played Kirsten and we didn't have her yet. And then we actually got Molly from my grandma um, because she grew up during, you know, the, the 1940s. And um, it was so funny because my grandma loved Samantha. Like Samantha was her doll. She definitely like would be lusting over. And right. I think she was almost a little upset when she got Molly because it wasn't Samantha. But it was it was supposed to be because like this is like you. This is like, you know, the time period you grew up in. And like every Christmas she brings out like her little 
American Girl doll Christmas tree and puts her Molly next to it and she never puts the glasses on and it's, just, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but but yeah we we got that one for her because she had bought so many for us and it was yeah. like, kind of, like that's so special yeah. wait that yeah. is so special I wonder what American Girl doll my grandmothers would have liked Lindsay do you know what American Girl doll your grandmother would have liked oh absolutely Nana would love Rebecca I should buy yeah. Rebecca for her now <laughs> yeah she's so pretty she's and she's right? got such a great story and yeah I I actually mm-hmm. thought about like I kind of want to get Rebecca but again it's like you have to not go crazy because what you can spend on these things is right. so I know control. <laughs> I feel super drawn. I feel super drawn to Rebecca of like all the newer sort of like post my era dolls because she just seems like really cool for sure. But you're you're so right. It's like now that we have like adult money, it's like you could really like go crazy. Um, And it's like so. I did get quite a few things during the pandemic. It started with like because I was listening to the, the the podcast and I was like oh, I should read the books again. And so then I was like getting the books and I was like, just going to stop at the books. And then it turned yeah. into like, oh, maybe I'll just get a few, you know, little <laughs> memorabilia things. And then, you know, before you know it, you're like, I got to stop this, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, cause you know, it's one of those things too, where it's like, you remember as a kid looking through this catalog being like, I want everything in here. And like this right. mindset of wanting to collect it all. And like, I remember because we would each get like a new outfit for our doll every birthday and Christmas. So I would literally sit down with a piece of paper and like map out for the next however many years, like, okay, I'm 10 now when I'm 15 and it's my birthday, I'm going to get, you know, Kirsten's birthday outfit. Like I I just, I would map it like, and then, you know, as they would come out with new outfits, then I adjust the plan, you know, and of course I wasn't (laughs) continuing to do that. But now looking back, like thinking about all the things you wished you could have had it's like now that right. you're an adult you're like well I technically have the power I could get that for myself right you know? yeah what was your favorite outfit of all of your your doll outfits that you had oh well so I feel like the easy answer is I'd have to say like all the outfits from the show because it was like oh. you know what I wore to perform but yeah. as far as like the historic outfits um I really loved Felicity's blue Christmas gown and I, I rem- I think I actually got it before I got my Felicity doll. Cause that's how much I liked it. Wow. Um, and I remember, I remember like when I was younger too, I was thinking like, I want to write like a sequel to the sequel for American girl. And like, I, I was like writing my own musical, which of course I didn't get very far cause I did not have time to do that. But I, I remember <laughs> I was, you know, you go chronologically to throughout the show. So like Felicity is usually towards the beginning. And I, right. I was like working in my Felicity scene. I was creating and I I was like it has to be the Christmas story because someone needs to wear that dress and um yeah I I just I loved that one it was so pretty um but yeah I mean I could I could I don't know I think I ultimately just wanted all of it (laughs) (laughs) the catalog was so vast that like on any given day I feel like I could be feeling a different vibe and like want something else like the when I look back on like the things that I had in my collection, I'm like, some of this stuff doesn't make any sense. Like, why did I prioritize getting yeah. like this over Samantha's bed, for example? Right. Like, that yeah, that should be well, a high like, priority. I never item. had Molly, but I had Molly's doll. You know. Yeah. Like, well, that one kind of made sense because my grandma 
is a nurse. So, um, oh. you know, her doll is a nurse doll, but like, but yeah, and there definitely were things that were, it was like, I don't have the rest of this set. Why did I want this one piece so much? And I think part right. of it was because in my head, in my head, in my childhood, I was like, till the end of time, every birthday at Christmas, I'm going to get American Girl and I'm going to have it all someday. Like that right. was, I, re- I remember, and I would, I would like sit there too and make lists of like, when I was little, what dolls and stuffed animals would I bring to college someday? And of course I didn't bring any of them, <laughs> but um, like, you know, as a kid, like that's where my head was at, that like this, this was never going to stop. Sure. Um, and I remember I went, I went to music camp one summer and my roommate, she like was, she made fun of the American Girl magazine at one point. And I was like not having it. And then in my closet, I had my stuffed animal. I didn't dare like sleep with it. I was in middle school um, and I I remember I had, it was like a stuffed dog and it was like light pink and white, kind of fluffy. And I remember she like saw inside my closet and she goes, why do you have a lamb in your closet? And I was like, it's a dog. And I just, I felt so embarrassed. And like that definitely like shaped like, oh no, I can't, can't talk too much about American Girl or like, oh, you know, no. bring any of these oh. things with me into like adulthood. And it wasn't really until the pandemic that I like revisited a lot of it. Right. Oh, yeah. That's so I mean, sad. <laughs> we've talked yeah. about how like as kids, like this was such a strong phenomenon for so many of us, but then you do sort of put it like to the back of your mind for many, many years because you are too old to like like dolls or embarrassed, like if you still do, or like basically like you just know that like you're supposed to be outgrown from it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that it's like now that we're all, I think, like older and some people our age, like are having kids that are the right age for American Girl, it's like the perfect time for our generation to be revisiting all this right. stuff because it's just like at the top of everyone's mind. And now that you're an adult, it's like, I don't care what people think if I'm like into right. American Girl. <laughs> So, Ashley, you've shared so many memories of American Girl with us from, you know, being a performer on stage in the American Girl Review to your personal experience with your dolls and how you were playing with them. What is the lasting impression that American Girl has left on you after all these years? Um, so much. I, I feel like it's shaped me more than most things have um just because I was so involved with it for so long um and I think that especially as I've been reflecting lately I think as we grow older there seem to be sort of fewer immediate opportunities to sort of slow down and imagine and think about who we could be and connect with other people in meaningful ways and be thoughtful about the choices we make um and so as adults, I feel like it's really like the onus is on us to seek out those opportunities because um, they don't always readily present themselves. And um, re-engaging with AG has really allowed me to reflect on what's important in life to me. And um, we had always our opening to the show was look to the past, learn for the future. And, um, you know, so that is something that's really stuck with me over time. Um, and you know, I, I think that for me, it was very individual when I reconnected with AG um, a couple of years ago, and I had no idea that it would end up leading to actually great connections moving forward. Um, I, you know, assumed it would be like a way to just 
think about my past and my childhood and, you know, rekindle good memories, but um, I've realized that actually some of those best memories are still to come and um, have connected with people like you and others um, because of this. And so um, I realized that, um, you know, even if it's a niche childhood hobby, it's, it's something that, you know, you, you can have any type of passion and share that with others. And, you know, it, as those American Girl messages teach us, you know, be true to yourself. And, you know, if you reach out, you can belong. And, um, you know, a lot of those are, are kind of cliches, but just really revisiting that um, so specifically has has made that impression on me um, to, to really take that to heart, even in my adulthood. And um, I think that fan podcasts have definitely played a large role in reconnecting to my childhood in that way. Um, and I'm also, you know, ha I've met, done local meetups and there's, you know, social media all over the place. People are connecting now over American Girl and um, just having friends who now are having kids and, you know, their daughters and people around me who sort of have that shared love, not just of American Girl, but learning and storytelling. Um, I just feel like I've had sort of a renewed appreciation for all the things that come along with American Girl outside of just the dolls and the stories um, at face value. And, uh, you know, there's this broader community who really values a lot of the same things that I do, um, many of whom I might not even have met had it not for, been for these experiences where we first connected over American Girl um, and, you know, ultimately have a lot in common beyond that. So I, I'm really grateful for just all of all of the life lessons, all of the friendships, all of the um, you know, just interest that it spurred for me, um, from performing to visiting museums and loving learning about history, um, you know, and, and just being open to meeting different kinds of people and expanding my worldview. That's really the best thing that American Girl could have given me. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's such a terrific answer. And I think like, yeah, like the main takeaway is just that like, there's almost something that you can take from it at every age and every point of your life, regardless of what way you're engaging with it, whether it's the books or the dolls or the catalog or the magazine, like there's just so many different ways that you can engage with the messaging and the messaging is just super evergreen. Like nothing about the American girl of our childhood isn't still relevant today like it's all still relevant and all the messages I think are still really positive and um you know resonate even as an adult so yeah I love that American Girl has given you multiple times to reconnect with the brand and really hang on to these values like first as you shared earlier how you know you were in the American Girl theater a little bit past you know the prime time of being interested in American Girl and that experience let you hold on to that magic a little bit longer. And, you know, again, into adulthood, revisiting your past with AG and passion, I think kind of given Laura and I, everyone who is listening today, like a second look at it and to remind ourselves like what drew us to American Girl, the values that it taught us, 
the importance of friendship and independence and being true to yourself, I think is just really incredible that we all have such strong ties to the brand in so many different ways and that we're all coming back to it in our own way. Even this small moment of listening to this podcast recording, like we're kind of getting back to that uh, joy that we all had as children. Absolutely. That was so well said. I agree a hundred percent. And um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm glad I thought, you know, American Girl would just be this period of my life that I had that is a closed chapter. And, um, you know, little did I know that it would come back in such a meaningful way. Well, Ashley, we have a couple games for you. <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to be bringing back uh, the AG memory test, which is an exclusive little game that we play here at AGW. And it seems like you have had extensive knowledge and training to say the least in <laughs> <laughs> the American girl characters and their friends and their families. So really looking forward to seeing how you do on this quiz we have here. Yeah, I, I feel pretty confident. Um, you know, for some of them, it's it's been a while, but we, they really drilled things into us. We were required to read every book in the series. We had to know all the facts from the books. We also got these really thick dramaturgy packets where we had to learn about each era that the character lived in and every aspect of like their domestic life. And um, so, I, I feel like especially since I sort of went through that at a later stage of my childhood, I, I really remember a lot of it pretty clearly. So here's hoping. I'll be yeah, <laughs> we're going to find out. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. So I'm going to be reading these names to you in um, rapid fire. You have two seconds to match the character to the doll that they are associated to. So I'm going to start it off and... We're going with the first one here. It is Gardner Edwards. Samantha. <laughs> Annabelle Cole. Felicity. Auntie Lula. Addie. Emily Bennett. Molly. Mariana. Josefina. Miss Manderley. Felicity. Singing Bird. Kirsten. Grand Mary. Samantha. Harriet Davis. Addie. Agatha Pitt. Samantha. Jiggy Nye. Felicity. Teresita. I'm going to go with Josefina. Gladys Guilford. Samantha. No, no, no. That's Molly. It's Molly. That was, yeah. Mrs. Guilford was the one who made her eat the turnips, I think. Lars Larson. Kirsten. Marta. Kirsten. Mrs. Ford. Addie. Allison Hargate. Molly. Magdalena Montoya. Josefina. Oh my God. This is an AGW first. Oh, you got them all. <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> you got every single question, character, everything Wait, correct. Okay, so re refresh my mind though. Who exactly was Teresita? I took this from the American Girl Wikipedia like ages ago, and Teresita is um, a servant. Wow. And yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Tia Dolores's 
servant. Okay, now we know. <laughs> um, one thing I just, I want to say about Tia Dolores really quickly, because Ashley, you said you listened to Dolls of Our Lives podcast. They mm-hmm. have a hilarious theory that oh, Tia, I know. Tia Dolores yeah. like murdered. <laughs> I, I find it mother. hilarious and at the same time. I'm like, no, that's not what it's about. <laughs> we, we would get like, people would send fan letters after going to the show saying like we had someone in our family who died and this this scene was so meaningful to us because Josefina's song was all about how her mom passed away and if she loves someone else does that mean she doesn't love her mom and there's room in the heart for two and um it was a really poignant song for a lot of people but I also had this thought at the beginning of the scene like I remember so the the it, it also was the guy who played Uncle Garden Aunt Cornelia. They doubled in these roles. Um, it was like Josefina's papa. He would come out as she's like setting up the scene and just talking about the situation. And then on the other door, on the other side of the stage, Tia Dolores would be there, and they had this like flirty look they'd give each other. And um, I just remember as a kid though thinking like oh, that that's that's her that's the mom's sister. Like that's so weird. That's so messed up. Like why? You know, like it, it didn't oh sit well God. with me, but like at the same time, you know, I know it was a different, it was a different time. Like, you know, there weren't a lot of people around like that. They probably had True. very limited options and they needed someone to help take care of the family. And, you know, I, so I don't know. I always kind of had mixed feelings about it, but very true. I, don't, I don't think Tia murdered anyone. I, I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, fair, fair, fair. Um, That's so funny, though. Okay, well, so I have a different little activity for you. And this Mm -hmm. should be interesting, actually, because we asked you in your survey who your favorite celebrity is, past or present. And basically, we're going to ask you to identify which American Girl doll you think that celebrity would have. And you're probably going to be very equipped to answer this question because you named Kay Panabaker, who you actually were friends with when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah. So she she was my good friend at my dance studio and she moved away to L.A. and had her acting career that kind of really took off. Um, yeah. But she would come back to Chicago to visit and um, she came to see the show one time. And I, I remember being like, oh, I hope she doesn't like judge me. Like she's a real actor, you know, like and oh. it was it was funny, though. She was so sweet. And, you know, she always said, too, that like because she did a lot of stuff on Disney and Disney really liked to have people who didn't just act, but they'd like turn them into singers, too. And she right. didn't want to sing. She was not into the singing. And the American Girl production was so singing focused that it, it really wasn't like comparing apples and oranges. It was like comparing apples and oranges. They weren't the same thing. So, you know, there was that. But like, she also just was such a sweetheart of a person. Like, she just was truly one of the kindest, most supportive friends. Um, and so we did actually play American Girl Dolls together before I was in the show when we were pretty young. Um, and I think she had Kit, I want to say. She def- and she definitely had like the kit haircut for a while too. Um, but yeah, I, I think I brought my Samantha and she brought her kit and we would, we would play our American girl dolls and we'd, we'd play Monopoly too. That was kind of our big thing, but, but yeah. And then she, she moved away and we, we haven't stayed in touch a ton. I've met up with her a couple of times here and there, but we've just lived really far apart for a long time. And I had a friend's wedding, um, and happened to be traveling her way and, you know, we, we would meet up that kind of thing, but. 
um, oh. yeah, she's, she's still a wonderful person to this day. Oh, that's such a sweet memory. And I feel like very fitting that she would have Kit because I feel like Kit's a good <laughs> friend. So yeah. I think it works perfectly, but that's such a fun memory that you have. And I'm glad that you guys, you know, reconnected at different points in your life too. I think that's really sweet. And, you know, coming to see you and support you in the American Girl um, plays as well, you know, just so sweet. Love that. She also was on the cover of the catalog at one point. Um, There was like this purple coat. I think they called it the sugar plum coat and it had like a matching hat. And um, it was really cute. And Kay got to model it on the cover of the catalog, which I was so jealous of. But I I think when she went to visit the store and see the show, they actually had this giant poster of her like in the store. And we got a picture of her next to her post. You know, there she was. But wow. Did she do like a lot of modeling for American Girl or was that like a one off? I think it was sort of a one off. Like she didn't do it a lot, but like they had her in a lot of different things. Like I think she also modeled like the poodle skirt outfit for the Halloween costumes and like a couple other things maybe, but yeah. We'll have to try and track this down, Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, our next project. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Well, Ashley, this has been so much fun connecting with you. I feel like we have barely scratched the surface with all of your experiences. So we will definitely need you back on for part two, (laughs) but thank you so much for sharing your insights into AG and what it was like working with the brand and being a part of the AG theater. This was so, so interesting. And we really appreciate you giving us a look inside your life. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I'm always happy to be back. Have so many, you know, stories and memories could probably talk about it for hours, but (laughs) um, thank you for taking the time to, to have me and to invite me to, to share that story. So I appreciate it. Oh, well, this has truly been so fun. And where could everybody find you after this? So I am on Instagram at American Girls Review. So that's American Girls with an S. And then review is spelled R-E-V-U-E, which is what the the name of the show was. Well, everybody go check it out. Ashley's promised to dig up some photos. So we definitely want to see those. And yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.